we are here for a very special episode of Must Watch Scandals. Scandals! Scandals! It's the most scandalous show of all. That's right, baby. We are talking about season two of Bridgerton. Oh, that was good. Good work. Thank you. Really like the unison. Um, I'm Jean Bentley. I'm Lauren Peaser. And, and we have a guest today. You know her. You love her. If you've listened to the show before. Well, I know her and love her. I don't know. Um, she was our get one of our guests for season one of Bridgerton, and she's back to talk about season two. It's Megan Vick. Hi! Wee! Yay! It was scandalous this season! <laughs> For more so, reasons than one. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Like, sort yeah. of. Not the so, way we wanted it to be. Scandalous. First of all, let's just start by saying we have all read all of the books. Yes. And I, Some of them I, multiple times. I had not read the books when I watched season one, um, but 2021 was a dark time, and I have read all of the books multiple times yep. now. <laughs> Indeed, same. Yeah, <laughs> especially I read this book especially multiple yeah, times. Yeah. This is a- the other night I meant to restart the neck to restart um, Penelope's book because I love Penelope, and then I accidentally read the whole book in one night. So oopsies, just they're very readable. I yeah. will also say I have watched season two twice at this point. Um, I know you guys have definitely watched it at least once, probably at least once. T- I- certain parts you've watched twice for sure. Certain parts, yes. But I was just saying to someone else last night that I was like. When I watched season one, I immediately wanted to just start it over, and I'm having trouble being like, oh, do I want to do that again? Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's a preview. Okay. So, <laughs> exactly. So, so here's the deal. So season two, season one was all about Daphne finding this sexy Duke and falling in love with him, even though they were, like, fake dating, and then they dated for real. It was yeah. great. Um, so now Daphne is happily married with a cute little baby, and now it is Anthony Bridgerton's turn. And if you remember the first season and you found it hard to keep all these people straight, fair. Um, remember that they are named alphabetically and that Anthony is the oldest. And in season one, he had sideburns. Yes. Uh-huh. This oh. season, yeah, this season he doesn't. Oh, no they sideburns. purposely shaved it off. They did take that note and I appreciated it. Jonathan <laughs> Bailey's face does not need sideburns on it. Yes. Jonathan is- Bailey's face. Wow. What is there to say? Best thing about the season? <laughs> yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Um, so basically, Anthony is like approaching 30, gasp, and um, is like, I guess I'll, I'll get married now. But he is kind of still traumatized by his dad's death. Understandably. Because like, yeah. he basically held him while he died of a, of a bee sting. Yeah. Which is... Like, I understand. That's traumatic. So, essentially, the backstory is that Anthony's afraid to get fall in love because he doesn't want anyone to hurt as badly as he did when his father died. And about as badly as Violet did. Because yes. she was, like, Yeah, his wreck. mom was um, not well. Yeah. Understandably. So, like, <laughs> bees are way more of a thing in the, in the book, I would say. They talk about bees a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Anthony's like, I'm going to get married. I just want, like, the prettiest, hottest, um, smartest girl. He's basically like, whoever the diamond of the season is, I'll, I'll just take her. I'll take her. And uh, so we meet the Sharma sisters, Kate, who is a spinster, um, meaning that she is 25 and single. Um, <laughs> and then... Miss Edwina in her in her London debut, and they have just arrived back from India where they were raised, and they are 
ready to make their debut and um well they have a whole backstory that's important right where, um their their mother well kate is not related to the mother she's stepmother yes. yeah that's her stepmother her dad died the mom caused a big scandal when she got married to kate's dad because yes. he wasn't like royalty yeah and so, he already had a kid yeah and then so edwina is her half sister and edwina is like the, the golden daughter. Yes, she's who's supposed and to. And Kate has made it her mission to make sure that Edwina marries well. Yes. Uh, because To make sure that Edwina is taken care of and Kate doesn't really care about setting something up for herself. It's important that Edwina marry someone nice and yeah. approvable because uh, her mother's parents will only give Edwina her inheritance if Edwina marries someone yes. that they... Which but Edwina this... does not know. Only yeah. Kate... And neither do we, really. This is this is a revelation that we find out kind of later in the season. Yeah. Um, but basically, it kind of... So Anthony sets his sights on Edwina. Edwina's like, sweet. Yeah, I'll marry this Viscount. Yeah. Awesome. And Kate's like, not so fast, buddy. Are you good enough for my sister? And in that process, um, Kate and uh, Anthony have a uh, spark shall we yeah. say. Yeah. So basically the season is a love triangle between Anthony and Edwina and Kate, who is trying to get Anthony and Edwina together. But clearly there is a, a force um, between Kate and Anthony that they keep trying to ignore and failing at it. Yeah. Yeah. I will, before we digress more into like how they change things from the book for this season, I do want to talk about like what they did well really quick, which I will say that Jonathan Bailey had a massive task ahead of him this season to be oh. a compelling romantic lead. Especially in after of- he was such a shit last season. Yeah, he was yeah. such a dick. He Anthony sucked last season, and then he had to come into this season and make people forget about Reggae John Page. And I will be honest, he did. Yeah, he was good. He was great. He was, he was great. Good. And all of the like best like tension scenes and all of that is because of Jonathan Bailey's acting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah all the whispering. Oh, there's a lot of sexy. There's a lot of um, faces close together. Like people's faces are just very close together. Yeah. But not touching, unfortunately. There was a lot of whispering in the ear, too. And I was like, sure. Yeah. You can whisper in my ear. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, The whispering this season was like the forearms of last season. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There were so many forearms last season. It was also the sex of this season because there was that that's like that is the thing there is yeah. far less sex it's definitely intimate there's really Kate one Anthony, big but sex like, scene but like yeah and it doesn't come until the very end so yeah. like if you're waiting for those hot scenes um you're you wait a long time yeah basically say. it's a lot more appropriate to watch with your parents this time if you're into that yeah exactly um so yeah so so as the fact all three of us are book readers and this book, among book fans, is probably the most universally beloved, and Kate is probably the most universally beloved book heroine. But in the book, it's not really a love triangle. No. Basically, Edwina, she does, she like doesn't care. She's like, yeah, I will marry for she my family, really whatever. She doesn't really love him. She, she just, doesn't love him. She, she loves someone like, else, actually. Yeah, exactly. She like, has her eyes on somebody else who like is less fancy, but is... 
like she's into. Yeah. Yeah. And what what happens is like before he and Edwina can even spend any real time together is that he and Kate get caught in a compromised position and they get yes. forced to get married in the book. I understand why they couldn't do that in the show because that's what happened to Daphne and yes. Simon and they could not repeat that. Yeah. But there's a whole I feel like a lot of this they were like we can't do the same structure that we did last season where they like had to get married kind of halfway through. Mm-hmm. And that was would be the same here because in so in the book so much stuff happens after they get married where like Anthony goes through his whole mm-hmm. thing about his dad, and I get why they didn't do that, but they but what they changed it to doesn't make any sense because no. it just made it way more complicated and like like when they I I literally was like what the fuck when they <laughs> when he actually proposed to her and then they were gonna get married and I was like what Wait, yeah what so <laughs> Anthony does not get married get like. It, it does not get as far as even no, not a, those, nearly. A hint of a proposal to Edwina. But he and Edwina sh- are like nothing in yes. the book. Where like they play yeah. Paul Mall and then like right yeah. after that. They're in the book, Kate is literally having the conversation about how, okay, I agree you are good enough for Edwina. When yeah. a bee shows up, lands on her boob, he freaks out and they get caught with his hand on her boob. Yeah. And so like he and then they have to get married. And then they have to get married. So like yeah. that's that's how far apart it is. Like she just agreed to let him do it, and then they they let them go down the aisle in this. Yeah. And I was like, and that that's where it is. Is like once they went down the aisle and they had a wedding. Kate and, and Anthony, by they they you mean Edwina, Edwina, and, Edwina Anthony. and Anthony get like have a wedding and are exchanging vows before she realizes that he and Kate are into each other. And the fact that they let it get that far made Kate and Anthony irredeemable. Yeah, and it. And especially the fact that, like, Edwina was really into him, and she kept saying, I love him. And, like, in the book, she's, like, rooting for Kate the whole time. She doesn't give a shit. She's just like, Kate, I want you to be happy. And, like, the show wasn't even consistent with that, because once they break up, her her thing is like, I thought I loved him because you told me to love him. Like, you, I thought this was the dream that I was supposed to want, and now I don't know what I want because you shoved this so far down my throat. And that, and I was like, that's a valid reason to be this. And that's really interesting. I love that character turn. But then for the rest of the season, she continues to be annoyed at them that they're into each other. And I was like, but you don't yeah. like him. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, it, it feels like they didn't know where to go after they changed. They were like, well, we can't do this in the book. So we're just going to throw a whole bunch of other things in there. One thing I really did appreciate, though, is that by expanding that arc, you got a lot more Edwina. I and loved so her in the beginning. Yeah, and so there's a lot more of her in the show than there is in the book, which is great because I really love Charithra, the actress who plays her. I think she's wonderful. And they do have a really lovely, like, Kate and Edwina have a lovely mm-hmm. sibling bond. Um It just, you know, goes yeah. further. There was a lot of stuff there. There was a lot of, there was good, the, the sister bond was great, but then it was just like, why are, why are you making it hard for us to root for this relationship that everybody already loves? Like book readers love this relationship. We love Kate. Kate become, Kate is like a figurehead through the rest of the books, but like, why are you making it hard for us to like them? Cause you're making it very hard if you're having the other people walk down the aisle. So I realized after I finished watching the season that a big part of the reason why it's hard is because there are exactly one and a half moments where Kate and Anthony, like, enjoy each other in a non-sexual way. Yeah. 
And the thing is, like, in the books, like, yes, there's, like, bickering and stuff, but it's, like, fun taunting. Yeah. And in the show, like, he's a straight-up dick to her for the majority of the season. And then they do Paul Malt, which... The Palm Mall scene was very well adapted. It's one of Palm the Mall mo- is great. It's the most famous scene in the books, and they did it great. Yeah. And the Kate and Anthony moment after that was like, yes, this. And you think that that's going to change their relationship for the yeah. rest of the season. And then it doesn't. The only time they have any kind of intimacy is when it's sexually charged. And by the end, it's like, why do you, why do you love him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. Well, <laughs> so the thing about Kate and Anthony that they kind of like rehash over and over again is that they are both the oldest in their families and feel very responsible for ensuring their families, you know, security yeah. and happiness. They both have these responsibilities yeah. that like take precedence over their own happiness. So and like, they have come to be like, I don't matter. What I actually want doesn't matter. Exactly. And that is why they ignore it so mm-hmm. much that Edwina and Anthony wind up at the altar together. But, um, but you know, at some point it's like when, Come on, people. Yeah. When you there wasn't realize? enough. Like they talk about both of those things in the season. There was not enough Kate and Anthony talking about that with each other, mm-hmm. and that would have helped. Like in yes. the book, there are not only like them bickering or them fighting, but there's several moments where like, oh, they understand each other on a level that other people don't understand. They them. also in the book they have a lot of those conversations after they're married. They like are figuring out their relationship after they're already together, and we don't get that here. For obvious reasons, because they changed so many things so much. But I also was thinking that, like, it's kind of, it's, like, both in the books and in the show, they don't really know what to do with the people after they're married. Because, like, in the first season, I like, I love the first season, but the whole, like, basically rape thing that happens is very weird. And, like, it's, like, you could have found some other conflict for them to have after they're married. <laughs> Something else could have happened. And I don't, and like they would have run into that same issue here if they had done it in the order that the book is of like what what is the conflict after these two are married. So like I don't know what I wish they would have done instead, but it wasn't this. It wasn't just like add a bunch more complications and also she falls off a horse. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's like they're having both of them are having these conflicts and they're not having them with each other, and that's yeah. the problem. Is yeah. that, like, in the book, after they get married, it's he's like, I will not fall in love with anyone I get married to because yeah. I can't love them. And he ha- that is in this season of he doesn't want to fall in love because he cannot bear the idea of hurting someone the way that his father hurt his mother. Yeah. But it's like he does not communicate that with Kate until he's over it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, had she had to deal with that and work against that, it would have been better than her just, like, being like, oh, you suck and you're, like, emotionless and stupid. It's like, had she had to deal with it. It would, yeah, the conflict needed to be together. And it was like, they're fighting their own battles. Then eventually they'll get over their battles and then hook up. Yeah. Yeah. I do just like, I do wonder how many things were like COVID related. Cause this season was filmed very much in pandemic times. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I get that sex scenes are harder and like, just like close talking scenes are harder. <laughs> But, you know, we may never know exactly what was changed. Yeah. yeah. So so that kind of brings us to, okay, there is a lot less sex this season. And um, I feel like um, the reactions to that have been mixed. There is yeah. a group of people online who are 
really like, this is fine. This is like Austin. This is great sexual tension rules. Mm-hmm. And then there are other people who are like, nah, dude. Um, I they're, like these they're books because they're horny. Yeah, I like these books because <laughs> they're horny. And I'm wondering, well, I know both of you have some strong opinions about this. And I well, would love to okay, hear them. Okay, there was a tweet that I saw that really bothered me. Did I Did I catch who wrote the tweet? No. But she was like, if it was definitely a woman. She was like, all these, if your review is saying that Bridgerton doesn't have enough sex for you, you're missing the point of romance novels. And I fully disagree with that. I do not think that that criticism automatically means you don't understand a romance novel. I just think you're missing. I think that criticism means is like you're understanding what Bridgerton is specifically mm. has nothing yeah. to do with the romance novel genre like, itself. And yeah, let's be honest. The books are sexy and horny. They yeah. have sex in them all the time. I have, I also love Jane Austen. Guess what? There are 500 different Jane Austen yeah. adaptations where if you want to watch people get freak out about touching a wrist or seeing an ankle, you can go watch that. I love Bridgerton because it's sexy. Yeah. And as women, we like sex. But and it's and also it's, like, what? Ha- <laughs> it's also like happy. It's yeah. like fun and happy, but a little bit angsty. And then they have sex. I'm like, that's fun. That's it a is, good time. It is very fun. It's also like when you think about shows that are this level, season one level of sexy, the only other show that is currently airing is Outlander. Vita was equally sexy, but like Vita is gone yeah. now. R.I.P. Vita. Yeah. Especially but sexy in like a female-centric Female gaze way. kind of way. that It is made for female fans. And the thing is about Outlander, sexy, but guess what? Rape. Made, yeah. <laughs> So oh, much, so much rape. A series regular character is going to get raped every season. Yeah. It's not, so like that really takes away the good time. So yeah. Bridgerton was like, no, these are women that are having sex. They're having good sex. Mm-hmm. And it's a great time. And it just feels like you can understand why there's less sex for the main characters, Kate and Anthony, based on the plot. They could not get married as yeah. early as Daphne and Simon. Fine. You have other adult characters who are ready to have sex. Benedict shows up at art school, is literally being undressed by a model, and they do not fuck. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. What? What is the point of Benedict doing all this <laughs> stuff if he's not having sex with anyone? He's, I like, would, he's I, on I, shrooms. He's having a great time. And we're not seeing him in an orgy? What are we oh doing? My God. <laughs> okay, I would like to note, Benedict is my personal, like, favorite this season. He has wonderful reactions. Benedict and on drugs. Benedict on drugs at the table. And there's this one part where he covers his face um, with his hands. And he's just, like, so amused and so high. And it is... <laughs> An absolute delight, and I love Benedict. <laughs> I love, yeah. but it, yeah, and it's, I mean, I don't know how much we want to go into this. They completely uh, decided to ignore the fact that they heavily hinted that Benedict was into dudes last season. Yeah. All of that completely disappeared. There were like, so many conversations about it last season, mm-hmm. and then, no? No, and I'm like, all right, if that's if that's what you're choosing to do, that's an entirely different podcast episode about the issues with that. Yeah. But I'm like, Benedict is fucking at art school. Yeah. That's the whole... He Anthony comes in and, like, calls him out for, like, oh, you get to, like, have all this fun and do all this stuff. You have no idea of my responsibilities. I was like, I want to know about him not knowing about these responsibilities. Yeah. And Kate and Anthony are... Anthony did it so... There was so much sex for Anthony last season. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't Benedict do it? I really am confused by how completely different this season was. Like, who was, like, "Mm, it was too sexy last time. Less sex. And who, like, read every article about all the sex scenes where people were, like, 
Yes. And then they were like, mm, no more of that. <laughs> like, what? Who, who did this? <laughs> My theory is this. Bridgerton got nominated for a couple of Emmys. They, they got nominated for Best Drama and Best uh-huh. Actor for Reggae Jean Page. But they did not dominate the Emmys the way that The Crown did or right. the way that Ozark has done in the past. And I think they were like, they were like, we want to be a prestige period piece and like the sex is just like people are talking about it being it's soapy and like no like we're we're making like a legitimate drama and uh, that's sexist that line of thinking is sexist the fact that you thinking having sex doesn't make you a legitimate drama or that having soapy aspects doesn't make this a good yeah. show but it's like it feels well, like they're chasing trophies more than they're thinking about their fan base and what their fan base wants to watch true 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 that makes a lot of sense I mean, that is also a whole other podcast about <laughs> about um, prestige dramas and sexism. Well, okay, I'm, I'm turning the conversation. Uh, we talked a little bit about how much I personally love Benedict, but there are some other um, storylines with the other characters this season that were really good. And I think specifically Penelope's storyline got really interesting. Um, her friendship with Eloise got really interesting. I, I would say, like... The finale of season two is the best episode of the season. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. And I was waiting for all of these things to happen the whole time. So, um, I mean, Penelope, I think all of us agree that Penelope is one of the best characters. Oh, yes. I would go so far as to say she is the The best. best. Yeah, and I kind of think, I mean, she's kind of like, in the first few, she's kind of the main, because she's the only person who, like, has full storylines who's not, like, one of the main romance people. Mm-hmm. And she, and almost everything that happened outside of Kate and Anthony, even she, even what did happen with Kate and Anthony, she was responsible for as Lady Whistledown. And I'm just so excited and also so worried about what they're setting up because I just, they've screwed up other things. And I well, just don't so want them to screw her the up. The thing that is really interesting about the Penelope storyline versus the books is that we did not get the reveal that Penelope was Lady Whistledown until several books into the series. Meanwhile, three fourths the way through her book. We found out that Penelope was Lady Whistledown in the show at the end of season Mm -hmm. one. But I really loved how that opened up her storyline in terms of Because we got to see her do it. Exactly. We see her do it and the struggles that she faced, the fact that she's making money and her family is in a precarious financial position is really interesting. So the thing about Penelope is that we see her making money. We see her um, struggling to keep her secret. And then we see her find this unlikely ally in the modiste who is like, I've been, I'm minding my business. You don't have to worry about me. And then they become kind of allies and the modiste helps Penelope. And so Penelope is doing that. Meanwhile, Eloise is still on her little whistle down hunt, um, courtesy of, the queen is just nosy as hell and wants to know, the which queen, I understand. The queen also, the queen. I mean, the queen's whole thing was like, okay, we're going to make the diamond of the season, someone who was not here last season, so that we know that she's not whistled down. So that's yeah. why Edwina is the diamond. I mean, also, Edwina is literally golden child, perfect, yeah, like but, wonderful, but yes, yes exactly. But that's why she said that, yeah. that helps. And like everything <laughs> yeah. the queen was doing was like setting up traps for Lady Whistledown. Right. She's and obsessed with it. Eloise gets ensnared in one of those traps. Yeah. And it. Becomes because a thing where, like, Eloise has to admit to being whistled down or her entire family is going to go into ruin. Yeah. 
And that puts Penelope in this really weird situation. And Penel- Penelope doesn't handle it the best way. She but handles that was, it badly. But she but does. She delightful thinks, to watch. She thinks she's doing something helpful. But the thing is that Eloise gets in this problem because she's been chasing Lady Whistledown. And in the process, like, meets this cool guy at, like, a publishing house. And then, like, gets into this whole feminism society of feminists. Love which it. Which is very fun. Yeah. And a very cool new direction for Eloise from the books. Because Eloise has a Eloise clearly is not doing whatever like not doing her thing in the books because her future husband is currently married to Marina and that's clearly not yeah, that that'll be weird. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see how that could play out. But yeah, but but Penelope, you see her really like wield her power this season, mm-hmm. and she stands up to Eloise too when when Eloise kind of pisses her off. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, she is when she kind of does this this betrayal. Yeah. Of, she basically spills yeah. Eloise's secrets. And then... to In order to convince the queen that Eloise is not Lady Whistledown. And then Eloise finds out that Penelope is, and she is very hurt that her friend would have she is ruined her. Furious. <laughs> in this way. <laughs> that is one of, I think, potentially one of the best scenes of the entire season. It also is like a two punch because shortly before that is a scene that I actually love from the books that they moved early into yes. season two, which is that uh, in the books, it's actually, it start it happens in Benedict's book where Penelope is coming out of the Bridgerton house and she hears Colin like yelling to his brothers because they're teasing him. I will never marry Penelope Featherington. Mm-hmm. And it is heartbreaking and it's awful. And when I first read it, I was like, I can't wait for the, them to do this because Nicola is going to, Nicola Coughlin is going to, own this. Uh, so they moved it to season two and it's Colin talking to his friends and she overhears him say that after she spent the entire season thinking that they're finally progressing. He's getting past yeah. Marina. He's paying more attention to her. She thinks this is going to happen. Then she hears him say that. So her heart is absolutely broken and she goes from that to her room where Eloise has found all of the evidence that she is Lady Whistledown and she has to go into that fight with a broken yeah. heart and then lose her best friend. And it is... So, I mean, Nicola yeah. Coughlin is everything. Yeah. She's so good. I mean, she is the star of this show. Like, Reggae was star of season one, but Nicola is like, and like, she's going to fucking kill it when it is her turn. Yeah. And I'm so excited. And I just, I just cannot wait. I love that they are setting her up for like, I love that they're setting up her and Colin. I love that they've started this fight with Eloise, which is interesting mm-hmm. because in the book, Colin is the first one who figures it out. Yeah. And by the time Eloise finds out, she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> she's got other shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. But this was good. And like, I think it made sense. But now I'm wondering how the Colin thing is going to progress because they're, they, they're, they're clearly, thing. they're clearly going to do it sooner because in the yeah. books, it takes place in 10 years from like yeah. where we are now. Yeah. So obviously they're not going to wait that long. Yeah. So, so I talked to Nicola after this season, a spe- specifically about that scene and what that means. And I asked her, I was like, what are you hoping that Penelope and Colin's dynamic is like now that she knows that he's said this? Uh, and she said something really interesting. She's like, I'm so excited because she needed this for her to be able to see him as an actual human being mm-hmm. and stop having him on this pedestal. And so that's what's exciting of like seeing them interact where she's getting to know Colin as a person rather than yeah. this guy that she has adored for so many years. And I think especially if she's like on her vengeance 
like she doubles down on whistle. She gave up yeah. whistle down when she thought that she was doing it for Eloise, and then Eloise is like, "I never want to see you again." She's like, "Okay, well then I'm gonna be whistle down again." Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, her- so like whistle down with a vengeance next season. Yeah, whistle down with a vengeance. That's a good subtitle. I hope that's what they call it. Whistle should... down with a vengeance. Bridget and... three. Whistle down with a vengeance. <laughs> Figuring out how she and Colin are going to actually fall in love while that is happening yeah. is so interesting I'm and so exciting. Excited. <laughs> yeah. Also, Nicola Coughlin getting Bridgerton sex scenes. Do yes. not cheat that girl out of the sex scenes she deserves. Okay, that's but true. can we talk about another element of Penelope, which is the the transformation element because. She's like, you know, she's not like a skinny little Daphne. She's a bigger girl, and she's described that way in the books. But then when she starts to fall in love, oh, she lost some weight. Don't worry. She's not, she's skinny now. Yeah. That's basically, and I don't want them to do that. Yeah. Well, I think that there is the ability for transformation because they clearly have been, like, a thing in the books is that Lady Featherington, like, just has no taste that of, and that she would, thinks like, yellow's appeal. happy, yeah. so she thinks her... She has no regard for, like, how things look on... Her daughter should be in a on, happy dress. Yeah, <laughs> she has no regard for how things would look on Penelope, because um, she's like, well, this looks good on me, so here, Penelope should wear it. So it's like, she ha- they have been dressing her poorly, so, like, hopefully, as she gets more confidence and also, like, maybe can spend some of her money... Yeah. Um, and she's best she friends can, with a modiste. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. She's she can, like... Well, that would get a little so transformation. I, when I talked to Nicola, I was like, what are you most looking forward to? And she was like, the blue dresses. I mean, I don't know for sure if they're happening, but, like, I better get to wear a blue dress. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I'm tired of you. Please stop making me wear this. Yeah. Because that is, that is like, a problem, is that um, Nicola Coughlin out of her period garb is absolutely stunningly beautiful and yeah. she just looks yikes. It's, in, yeah, it's in just, the- she is petite <laughs> and she's slightly bigger. So these Regency fashions where they have like the cuff of the dress like right underneath your boobs does not work for her. Yeah. No, it's and not it's a flattering like, silhouette. Please give her a lower waistline and let this girl get her man while also tearing everybody apart with her quill. I'm ready yeah. for Nicola to be the star of the show. I'm ready. Okay. I just don't want a big I just like want them to be careful. I don't want it to be like a she's all that, like, oh, she takes her hair down and now she's hot. Like I just don't I just want them to be careful with it. Yeah. And like make it really good. Oh they so Chris Van Dusen was the showrunner for the past two seasons. They have a new showrunner for seasons three and four and it's woman Jesse something. I can't remember her name. Oops. Um <laughs> But I will say that like having a woman as a showrunner for that particular journey, whether they do it in season three or season four, mm-hmm. is important. And I'm hoping that having a woman in that seat means that she's not going to do some dumb things that a man would do. Yeah. I I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm looking... So, so what are you hoping to see in the future? I want some sort of queer representation, which I, I hope is eventually going to happen. I want... Um, I mean, I don't know how it hasn't really happened yet. Yeah. It's a Shonda show I, made by a gay man. Yeah. I don't understand. I really loved the Eloise storyline, the feminism, the, yeah. the her kind of... Her kind of being into something that's not just, like, complaining. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, really into that. Like, those are intriguing things I would love to see. Obviously, everything Penelope, because she's wonderful. What about you guys? What are you hoping to see in the future seasons of this show? I mean, I agree with everything you just said. I want Penelope's season to be sexy. Mm-hmm. I want them to go back to being sexy in general. I am seconding both of those things. I... 
I have hopes for Benedict still. I know they are trying to bury every mention that he was ever into dudes, but I just think there's something so cool that they could do if they... Yeah. Uh, his book is basically Cinderella, and I just think, like, if you made the Cinderella of his books a dude, it's a way more interesting story to tell. Yeah. And that is what you should do, and it would, like... It, it is frustrating. It would work perfectly with the way that the book is. Absolutely. And it is frustrating that we have this period show that is so proud about we're going to show people who have never been allowed to have these glorious roles before in these roles. And I love that about the show. But it's like, okay, we're going to do that for people of different skin colors. But, like, you're not going to do it for people of different sexual orientations. And I yeah. think that's just, like, you, I want them to not do that to themselves. Like, what are they afraid of? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, you, you know what? That is something that we didn't talk about is just the mm-hmm. South Asian representation. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were getting ready for the wedding. It's it beautiful. Was so cute. They're putting on a holiday, which mm-hmm. is like a kind of traditional thing that you do right before a wedding. And then there's like, it's good luck if um, an unmarried woman gets some holiday on her face or I don't remember if it was like a specific part of her body, but um, that will bring her good luck. And I just, I thought the way that the culture was integrated into the show where it was just like a part of it was really well done. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 That they had fully come from India. It wasn't like they were. And it wasn't like they didn't try to explain everything in like a really condescending way. It was just like, these are the wedding traditions and you're going to see them do it. And that I think is the best way to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because all of the people who are familiar with the South Asian wedding traditions and anyone, you know, of South Asian descent is going to be like to recognize it immediately. And it's pretty, you know, it's really nice to have, have that on TV. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff this season. So like, I want to posit to you guys, since we are all book readers and we were all so excited about Kate and Anthony, like, what do you think you would have thought just like, if you watched it, like you watched last season? I don't know if I can say that. I will say that I didn't mind that they were changing the story to, like, integrate Edwina more. I just kind of agree with you, Meg. You know, by the time they walked down the aisle, I was like, absolutely not. This is yeah. this they is so in- frustrating. They integrated Edwina at the cost of Kate and Anthony's story. Yeah. And it's just like, they're not the heroes of this season. Yeah. yeah. I was mad... I, I was completely fine with it. I was like, ooh, I like what they've done until they got to the, until he proposed. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has gone off the rails now. Even the proposal was fine. But even the episode before the wedding, there was this disastrous dinner with Edwina's grandparents where the truths come out. And yeah. the wedding should have been off yeah. then. Yeah. Well, listen, we have high hopes for the future of Bridgerton. Um, we hope you enjoyed this dissection of season two. Um, if you like our scandal series, please feel free to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Hygiene. I'm at Lauren Peaster. At Mego Inc. INC, like Incorporated. Yeah, and um, you can check out our Bridgerton coverage. You can find mine. I actually wrote some Bridgerton coverage for Netflix. Um, on their new site to doom. Um, I should say that this, um, um this is my opinions. This can is my you, opinions only. Can you say it correctly? Ta-dum. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, these are my opinions only. Absolutely nothing on behalf of the company. But um, you can catch my stuff on To Doom. Um, Lauren, where can we find your Bridgerton coverage? Metacritic. And I am at uh, tvguide.com. There we go. So with that, I think we will bid you adieu. Thank you for joining us, Meg. Thanks for having me, guys. Till the next scandal. A scandalous. Scandal. 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs>